I'm Alex. And we watch bad movies. So you don't have to. But today we don't have a movie. We got, this is an amazing series. Oh, we're gosh. Gonna, we're, yes, we're about I to wrap it, wrap it up. Last two episodes, winning time. If you're a human being with two eyes and a heart, this game, this industry makes you feel good. What industry? Sweat socks? No, show business. And in order to do winning time, we had to bring in our Celtic apologist. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we're an amazing journalist, amazing guy, but we're bringing in our guy, Chris Malone, back in the building. Welcome back, Andrew. Welcome back, Chris. Gen- gentlemen, always good to be with you. You know, I was flipping through the channels looking for the Lakers playoff game last night. I couldn't <laughs> oh, find it. So really? I had to, I had to really, watch winning Chris? time to remember when they were good. I was just about to give you a compliment, bro, but you just, ah. Oh. <laughs> You know, you know, Chris, our cousin from Boston. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he, he's everything Boston. He's Mr. All Boston. So, and I like live we, here now. I have relocated after ten years in New York City. the The podcast we did last time on Winning Time was literally my last day in New York, and now Hello. I am a resident of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts once again. Welcome back, Carter. Yeah, Where did go? Doing? It's been 25 years. It's been a long, long road, but I'm back. Maybe that's why the Celtics won last night. Cause you I were, guess. You were, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Got to keep it rolling tomorrow. Yeah, man. Cool, cool. Well, like, uh, this this series has been crazy. Uh, these last two episodes, the, uh, the penultimate one, the ninth episode, Acceptable Loss. I think that was a perfect name for this. For this episode, because in this episode, like Jerry loses loses uh, his mom, the Lakers lose Haywood. Like, there's just a bunch of loss in this episode. What did you guys think of this particular episode? For me, hands down, some of the best acting I've seen uh, out of Woody Harris or Wood. What was? Is Wood, Harris, Wood Harris. Wood Harris. Yeah. Call him Woody Harris. Wood yeah. Harris and uh my boy Shake and Bake. Uh what's his name? Uh God dog. <laughs> let me pull his name up. John C. John C. Riley, yeah. Some of the best acting I've seen, man. Oh, shake and bake. <laughs> yeah. Talladega Nights reference went right over my head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, John John put his foot in it, man. I was like, yeah. I'm almost, I was almost in tears when when that whole, they had that moment at the poolside when they broke oh, into yeah. the, yeah. broke into the uh, people's house. And they were at poolside, and they had that last moment together. I was like, "Wow!" They, he, the, um, you know, the, the, he's done an incredible job of sucking you into, uh, you know, al- almost like an antihero, like Tony Soprano, of because he's he's got such a uh, detestable lifestyle in some mm-hmm. ways with the girls and the drinking and the smoking and all that stuff. But but 
that really drove home the humanity. You can tell he's a, you know, he's a, he's kind of an absentee dad to Jeannie, but he's still a good dad. And, and, and in that scene, it, it just draws all in that, that sequence with, with the mom, Sally Field, it, it just, it draws you in as these are real people who are going through real things while this run is going. And that, and that, and that Jerry Buss is on a journey trying to fill a hole that he's been missing his whole life. And it, right. that was fantastic. And I've got another one for you after, you after we talk about this one. No, I thought that was amazing. And I thought, when I, I thought this was the reason you pay Sally Field whatever she wants. Like, yeah. this is the reason, like, you, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know, you, you buy expensive shoes because you need, like, this is the reason you pay really good actors so they can just do their work because between Wood Harris, Sally Field, John C. Riley, like this, it's just a master class. Like yeah. there's, there's not a weak link. It's just like the Lakers. Yeah, like it wasn't a weak link on the team. So I just feel like I love the scene with the three generations, and you just got the heart and the humanity of them right there. Like you said, as opposed to the flashiness that he was, he loved his mom. He loved his kids. Like that's that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot driving his behavior of stuff that he didn't maybe have growing up, you know, absentee dad, things of that nature, looking to, looking to find fulfillment through this team. And then, you know, not, not to flash forward or whatever, but then after they win it in the, in the 10th episode, it, that, that hole is still there. It wasn't filled, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, let me give you this. I, I found so captivating the scene between uh, Devon Nixon and Solomon Hughes. So Norm Nixon, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, take it back, take it back. Wood Harris and Solomon Hughes, you know, um, Spencer Haywood and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at that pivotal moment where Jabbar goes in as the, the, the spiritual and physical leader of the team to tell him his fate. This time they left it up to us. team already voted on it. Damn. Damn, damn it. Damn. You did your best. I appreciate it, Captain. I was the deciding vote. And uh, if, if yeah. you didn't, and, 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 and Wood Harris delivers this thing, talking about his growing up as a sharecropper in Mississippi, that is so gripping. And then for those of us who have connections to the state of Mississippi, you know, just like it, it brought you there, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and if you didn't look up or you didn't know the history of the Lakers or whatever, like I thought for sure, that that after he flipped out and went crazy in the locker room and all that, that Kareem was going to tell him, I, I voted to keep you. I, I believed in you. You know, I think you can do it. And he didn't. And mm. he's kicked off the team. And I, I found that really gripping. I watched that scene a couple of times because I thought it was so gripping. Yeah, and then Kareem just had the balls to be like, because he didn't have to say that. Kareem could have put right. it on the, on the other players. Like, I voted, like, you know, I wanted you here. But he was like, nah. He was a routine show real leadership in that position right there. Yeah. 
so yeah, that 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 was a was a very strong scene. I don't know. I just feel like this episode had great performances all all around. And what do you guys think about the McKinney piece of this part? This you know when McKinney goes up to Buss's house and but oh no, Buss, yeah, no, Buss, no, Buss yeah, goes up to McKinney's house yeah to McKinney. celebrate the celebrate the fact of keeping them, and, and then he, he <laughs> yeah he can't read he thinks he's the UPS guy yeah. right. I feel like at that point, Bus was like, I'm going to keep this guy. But then when he can't recognize me, then I got to go with these young dudes. Yeah. And, and they and they even laid it on thick with him kind of getting confused in the bowels of the stadium and then kind of collapsing on the floor. And and was it Jerry West who kind of told him about it or, or, or Pat or somebody told Bus that, I mean, he, he's even wandering around the basement of the stadium. You, you'd think that would be it. But yeah, then they got a drive at home where Jerry's like, oh, I still think I'm going to keep him. And he shows up and, and McKinney has no idea who he is. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of made the decision for him. And and as a viewer, you know, the whole time I'm rooting for, for uh, Westhead and, and for Riley because they got him there. And, and it was clear they made it so obvious that McKinney was not right. And even though it's something that he, like, it would have been so easy in retrospect to go, hey, hey, Jack. Just get ready for next season. Like, yeah. like you need mm-hmm. to. Re- you had a bad accident. You need to recover. And he was just so damn insistent on getting back on the bench for the playoffs. And it seemed like the way at least they played it in this that they were really considering it. And so yeah, that was uh, that was something. And then when he drops off the dossier, of how to play without Kareem. Yeah. Um, you know, on the one hand, Westhead could have said, "Well, forget you. We we got here. Like I know what I'm doing. I got this." Right. But. You know, they they showed that he had a hand, and 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 they kind of all agreed on the the proper way to get it done, and and so it kind of just emphasized that that they were on the right track to playing magic at center and 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 going from that. And I say this, I say this once again: this is the greatest lie to believe. None of this stuff probably never happened. Yeah, but still, it's the greatest greatest lie. Whoever wrote these lies. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and it was it, it was it's just good to the viewer. I as a, as as people that love sports and we know some of the real stories of sports icons, you could just let it lay and let it breathe. But still, with this embellishment of these different characters, these larger than life characters, it's still a good freaking series. Yeah. And 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 no, I was just gonna say, and and I feel terrible. I said it the last time. I feel terrible every time Jerry West is on screen because they make him look like a psychopath. But the comic relief that he brings is just so delicious. It just breaks the tension. And so, yes, like, it is. You, you, yes, you're yes. sitting there watching, and if if you if you didn't skip ahead and remember that, oh yeah, the Lakers won in '80 and they won it in '6 on the road in Philadelphia. Just watching him. Bounce in and out of the tunnel, check the score, <laughs> yeah, go right. crazy, yeah. go back in, go back in the hallway. It's fantastic. We jump to the the final episode, the final like the now we all know how how this story ends, but in the beginning, I really loved the way they did Kareem's injury, the yeah. way they the way they showed Kareem's in, injury, the way they uh like it just looked really real, and I felt like I was there. What about you guys? I I um I was thinking about this as I was rewatching last night. Um, 
I would love a behind the scenes, and I don't. I need to go playing on HBO Max to see if there is anything or online, because I, I was thinking about the editors. I, I mean, you guys do this like the level of editing and effects that they had to put, just the you know the grain effects, the VHS effects, yeah, um, um, the film effects, and then the stylistic choices they make of that slow motion of Kareem's skyhook bouncing in and then him coming down. They show the clock and then he comes down on the ankle and yeah. and just the stylized motion, almost like a Matrix style slow-mo. Um, what awesome editing. You know, it's yeah. awesome. It's so, it makes it makes something that like in a normal game a guy goes, kind of goes limping off. It, it just, it really made it dramatic and, and I, I would love to know the hours and hours put in to edit, just just to edit and put the effects into this show, you know, put it over the top. They could have done it all conventional or done it on film and been done with it. But yeah. but stylistically, it makes it even more compelling than the story itself. There's one shot in that where it's just the ball, like the ball's in the air and it's yeah. rotating. Like yes. I, like I was like clapping in the living room. I was like, it's only a few seconds, mm-hmm. but when you match it with the shot that comes out before it and after it, it just makes it just takes you there just to see the ball fill up the screen. And I don't know the CGI or what they did, but it just it looked so like it just took you there. Yeah, like they re- and they said like I read where they had guys on rollerblades shooting the game so they can get the speed right. Is that right? Like That's going up crazy. and down the court. Yeah. Yes, there's instead of like they wanted to get the speed of the guys uh, playing up playing ball, so you couldn't get it walking, you couldn't get it running, you couldn't even run with them because you couldn't run as fast as they could. So right. they got this guy on rollerblades to shoot the games, and that's why it looks so good. I, I was thinking about like when I was watching last night again, thinking about just the basketball sequences alone, and now I have to go back and watch and think about guys on rollerblades shooting the scenes, but. I mean, how much basketball experience? And I understand these guys are actors that kind of have to immerse themselves in it. But in order to make it even believable that any of these guys have picked up a basketball in their lives before, and some of the passes, like in between players, that like it had to take forever to execute some of the fast break plays that that the Lakers were running with actors, you know, and with yeah. real defenders who kind of had to act like they were defending. It, it's yeah, I love it. I love well, every second of it. Well, uh, Solomon, he was the guy who plays Kareem. He played pro ball. Like, he, he actually played mm-hmm. pro ball overseas. Quincy Isaiah, the guy who plays Magic, he played uh, uh, college football. Yeah. So they kind of, they're all kind of athletic. So they kind of just have to, and then Devon Nixon was a dancer. So there's guys. With, <laughs> right. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just saying. Was, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm laughing, man. Man, it, it was just, it was just reflex. Um, I had some bad tacos. Sorry. <laughs> uh, part, I'm sorry about that. No, but like, like a, a ballet guy. So like he can, he can jump into it. So I just felt like, again, it felt real, and especially if you remember seeing those Magic Lakers, just the way, like, he played like Magic, like the way he would pass the ball, and yeah. the, way would, the way he would dribble, like, that is Especially, hard. yeah, coming down on that, uh, that, coming down on that, that fast break, and then the way Magic would kick his leg out, and then yeah. do a no-look pass out of nowhere, like, the dude had Magic moves down I, I'm not I'm not going to lie because I was like in 1980 and 81 
the 81 Celtics championship is one of the very first televised sporting events that I remember, but watching um, magic practice, the sky hook when, you know, kind of foreshadowing Kareem going down. Is that what I think it is? (laughs) Oh, Hey cat been practicing a sky hook. Well, I figured be seeing more time in the post against Philly. So better have a go-to. That is not a skyhook. Ain't that bad. Well, why ain't you show me then? Skyhook isn't just any other shot. To master it, a player needs to comprehend a very important principle. And what principle is that? Isolation. Come over here and play a little defense. See, when you're the big man, everybody wants a piece of you. The skyhook shuts them out. It turns your body into a wall beyond which they can't reach or even see your face, which means they can't predict you. So on your own time, when you're good and ready, you can leave their world behind. I remember, it just brought, it gave me a feeling. I remember as a kid seeing Magic shoot a skyhook, and it was different than Kareem's skyhook. That's the thing, because Kareem had such length compared to Magic. And I just it, like as soon as I saw uh, Quincy Isaiah practicing that, it took me to six years old to seven years old wow. watching yeah. Magic shoot those shots. Yeah, like they they do a really good job with that. They said they had a uh, okay, they had a basketball trainer. At first, they would the guy who said they did it in three stages. They would get him in shape, then they would teach him to play basketball, then they would teach him to play like the person that they were portraying. Wow. So it's like there was three levels to it. So and that thing, hats off, hats off to them because they did it. Did a did an awesome an awesome job. But uh, for the final episode, like I said, I thought the Kareem took uh, part was beautiful. I thought John C. Riley and the Genie Bus part when she thinks she's about to get to get yeah. to the kingdom, like mm-hmm. like he's like, baby girl, uh, will you do me? I got. Will you do me a favor? I need your help. And that just broke my heart, man. Yeah. Because I felt yeah, like... She, yeah, she, because you never saw the sons the whole time. And then it's all right. sudden, here, figure out which of your two brothers is going to take over. Right. I've, I've been here this whole time doing all this stuff with grandma and all this. And then you're going to give it to them? Come on, man. But then you will see what Jeannie becomes. So that's probably what... that's To me, that felt like her origin story. Like, this is when she becomes Jeannie Buss. And she decides to, like, I'm going to do this for me. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, a lot of that is fictionalized too because it was was it in um, maybe it was in Kareem's criticism. One of the criticisms that came out that said, or or like an art, I saw an article that kind of compared it to real life, and it said that by the time that 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 the Lakers had that season, like Jeannie Buss was already on the masthead somehow, like she was already associated with the team in some sort of official capacity. So that was kind of a stretch. There go Kareem, just ruining the lie for us. Right. Right. Don't ruin the lie. I'm enjoying the lie, Kareem. Come on, Cap. Let's not do this. And and also, this is another part of the lie. That finals game against the uh, against Philly it was it was on tape delay like it wasn't live right right so, I thought I thought that as I as you see everybody sitting down and getting so excited turn on the TVs and I'm like I wonder if they could even watch that at seven that, o'clock at night or whatever it was no I did the research and it, it played in the cities like in Philly and in LA but like Madison 
family in Michigan, they wouldn't yeah. saw it. Bird wouldn't have. And why do they the have president. Bird Bird in the most? I just don't like the way they did, did Bird. No. I'm not a Bird fan. I'm not a Bird fan, but I feel like they got him looking like a straight hit from French Lake. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, wor- but worse, like worse than he really is. He's almost like an axe murderer straight hit from French Lake. Like he's so hard. They're right. playing him so hard. <laughs> I'm like Albert Bird. I, I feel some type of way. Budweiser would always just look like Deliverance. I just yeah, I <laughs> right. <laughs> like they should be playing banjos on the porch of the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, I like. We know we know that Bird got paid. He was paid that year. He would have had a nice apartment. Right. Would have been yeah. Like no, nah, he's not. I'm waiting for uh, what's what's our girl from our other show, Lamont? Uh, I'm waiting for Ruth uh, Langmore to walk. Out. Oh yeah, yeah. From Ozark. <laughs> from Ozark. Yeah, but- <laughs> I'm waiting for Ruth Langmore to come out. Some of the Langmore family to come out when, when they were talking about uh, Larry Bird, bro. It was yeah. funny. Yeah, but I did like the. I I don't know was was Magic that motivated by Bird like the when you know the MVP stuff and like I just felt like was was that a motivation factor in his career that he I just wanted to be better than Bird. Yeah, and they had to. I mean, you have the the scene where he sees him in his living room. Yeah, I like and that uh, and then and then I love the thing I love. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Bird was motivated by Magic and like that scene. After they win, where Bird's outside and is all by himself at his court, that was kind of. I was like, I can see that happening without yeah. a doubt. But it would have been at one or two o'clock in the morning because, like you said, the game was on tape delay. Yeah, but that. uh, but yeah, like that whole, you know, Riley revealing to him how bad he lost the MVP vote, uh, to kind of get him in gear for the second half was kind of, uh, yeah. That that's a great question of whether. Magic was really driven by this thing with Bird as yeah. much as, as they show. I don't know. I know later they became friends and they had their weapons and whatnot, but I feel like in the beginning, come on, you can't with Magic and Bird, they kind of go together. That's like, yeah. you know, peanut butter and jelly. Like, you can't mention one without the other. Right. Right. So, yeah, I thought it was it was just a bad betrayal of Bird. And then David Stern. They got my guy, David Stern. Like, he's the snakiest guy. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's like, listen, Kareem ain't here, guys. So yeah. if, if, if you want it, like I know that didn't really happen, but it kind of puts you in the mind that you see Stern Stern is seeing where the NBA is going. Yeah, without a doubt. And and right. yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where he, he could have probably been one of the greatest, if not the greatest, commissioner in sports history, in, in American sports history. And they got him looking like he's sitting there, you know, going behind people's backs and stuff like that. Like he was one of the most respected executives ever. That that was really funny. Like, hey, get ready, Cap. They're about to call and give you your MVP <laughs> award at home. Right. <laughs> and he he at home just waiting. Just <laughs> and then he looks at Magic, <laughs> accepting it. That was cold blooded. I was like, yeah. They they painted Magic as well. That's they they know they painted him very selfish throughout right. the whole series, so it just capsulized. It comes to a head right at the end when he takes the MVP and 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 says, uh, does his little acceptance speech. And you have to think that at this point they were they were 
planting seeds for subsequent seasons if they got the green light, you know, to build some sort of drama between him and him and uh, Magic, him and uh, Kareem and whatever. Right. So, like in the in episodes nine and ten, I was kind of watching for where they were kind of trying to push the narrative if they were greenlit for another season or two. Well, they have. They've been they've been greenlit. Season, yeah, season now they two have, yeah. Called, yeah, season two is coming, and like I said, it's gonna. I think in this episode, like Magic became Magic, like he fully yeah. like just. I'm not Irving anymore. I this is my team now. And after with the performance that he had, like playing <laughs> playing point, playing center, like just put the team on his back. And and then with Cooper, when Cooper goes down, I think in today's NBA, you're in concussion protocol. Like you're right, you're, right, you're, right. You're, you're not getting free throws, bro. Like Where yeah. am I? Pasadena. Go shoot some free throws. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> happen now and then i love the yeah but you know what lamont four four years ago that still would have happened five years ago like yeah. the, the concussion protocol is pretty new you know yeah, yeah. you're right you're right you're right we, like, we, we were we were still rubbing some dirt on it like three to five years ago <laughs> like, like Embiid, you broke your eye you're good you go ahead yeah do you need to do you need two eyes to shoot no it'll make your focus better shoot yeah it's crazy <laughs> One strong one, but yeah, like you're right. Like I said, I feel like, uh, like this magic becomes magic in, in this. Uh, the Spencer Haywood piece of this, uh, that was kind of heartbreaking just to see. I mean, Wood Wood Harris he got his money for these two episodes because he was really masterful in this. But to see Haywood in the tub planning yeah. a hit with the crack pipe, like that was just some strong imagery right there. And he had to do all his scenes uh, after being sprayed in the face with a spray bottle because he was sweating. Oh, like, God. Like yeah. Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter <laughs> every time whoa, because whoa. he's sitting there because he's sitting there with uh, with the crack pipe and whatever. So, like, just to show the the strung out nature, uh, he was he was great. Yeah, um, but I would say with, more like Ronnie Cycling in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that, that's an old Chris Rock line. <laughs> yeah, that's an old yeah. Chris Rock line, Chris, like Patrick yeah. Ewing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that, um, now, now is uh, now did you Lamont? Did you look that up? Like, did did he really talk about doing a hit on somebody on the team? Yeah, that's that's a real. That's, that's a real. real? Yeah, that's real. That part is real. He was trying to take out uh, the coach because he took his position. Like that was real. But at that wow. point, Haywood was strung out on drugs and like. His life is crazy. Like he deserves a movie just just himself. Yeah, yeah. But he also came out and said that with all this criticism of West, he said that's how West really was. Like he was like he talked about the series, and of all the people who should have a problem, you would think he would because of how he's portrayed. Uh-huh. But he's like, no, nah, I was really on crack. Like I really did this, and I just you know love the way that Kareem stuck by him even in the final episode. Kareem goes back and tries to help his guy out. So you can say yeah. Like, Kareem had heart there. Let's get into our categories, guys, because like I said, this is I enjoyed this series. Like I was telling Alex, like I would this was something that I enjoyed watching. I hate that it's not coming on Sunday. Like some series are they feel like homework, like Moon Knight. But, oh God. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, some some feel like homework, but this was just like fun and I just enjoyed it. And uh, I just can't wait to see where it goes. So for the whole season, we're doing season awards here. Chris, who's your MVP for the whole season of winning time? You know, I think two or three weeks ago, I would have said John C. Riley, but now I got to go Quincy Isaiah. 
Mama, she say magic the devil's work. Devil can't hoop like me, though. Do they even have churches in Los Angeles? Los Angeles Lakers select Magic Johnson. You must be... Uh, he came into his own. He, he, by the end, he, the smile and the manner just had me believe that that was magic and they got magic to do this show. So I'm going Quincy Isaiah. That's great. I, I agree with that pick. What about you, Alex? Who's your, who's your well, he, well, Chris, Chris brought up. No, 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 seriously. Chris brought up and I do have one person. This time, okay. uh, Chris brought brought up my guy, which is John C. Riley. John C. Riley is bus. I loved every aspect of yeah. the party guy, the guy who loves his mom. Who the fuck is Jack McKinney? All of a sudden, she knows basketball. I read the paper. I know he's a nobody who looks like a tax accountant. Mom, did you come here to get a suntan, or do you have some good news for me? The guy who's fighting to keep his mom together, um, the part that he ignores his daughter and then he has his son, but the the insatiable hunger to win and then when he finally wins, it's like he's tra- chasing the dragon throughout his life. So this guy delivered. like He put it on a whole nother level. I always thought of him as a comedic actor uh-huh. and now I can... I can say he got he got the chops to be full fledged drama everything. So I did, like John C. Riley. Did you guys see the little feature at the end of the show with Rick Fox? No, and I did, um, I did. okay, okay. So there's a little five minute feature right after the final episode with with uh, Rick Fox, John C. Riley, Quincy Isaiah, and the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And John C. Riley kind of said that throughout the whole thing he felt like he had the same chip on his shoulder that Jerry Buss had because coming out of Chicago, uh, he was kind of typecast as, you know, a comedic actor and never really going to make it. He made made some mention of now here I am like 80 films later and doing this show. And I feel like I'm kind of getting my due. And it was just interesting to see how he tapped into his own motivation of people kind of naysaying him coming up as an actor and a comedian that he couldn't do something like this, and he related it to Jerry Buss, and so that that I, I, if you if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's a it's a good five oh, six yeah. minutes uh, to kind of get get their insights on how they felt about doing the show, and yeah, it, it's good. It, it so so I I I have no qualms with e- you know either either Quincy Isaiah or John C. Riley because he he really every time he's on screen he draws you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He, he does. Like you're right. I can see him doing more. Just, like, come on, you getting all the Emmys this year? Like, just whoever's whoever's nominated, just like get it. John, John's getting it. John, Sorry. John is getting all the male uh, <laughs> categories. And uh, what's that girl name? Lauren. Lauren Lenny Laura Lenny from Ozark. Laura Lenny from Ozark getting all the female categories, bro. Yeah, but uh, for my MVP, I gotta agree with Chris. I gotta go Quincy Isaiah. Okay. Like, because like, if you don't get magic right, it doesn't work. And right. He got it right. Like, because magic is such a recognizable figure. Like, everybody, the goatee, the, like, that's Magic Johnson. Like, the so smile. That, the he, smile, he, yes. You got to have that smile, bro. Yeah. And he gets, he gets young magic right. And then, and he plays 
I don't know, there's so many great actors around him, and they just elevate him. And when he has to come through, he comes through. And especially in the last episode, uh, a lot of it's on his shoulders, just like the game was back in the day. And he pulls through. So that's why I go with Quincy Isaiah. I can't wait to see what Marvel movie he ends up in or what he does, <laughs> next, what he does next in his career. Because right now, He's gonna be forever magic. Like that's gonna be like he's gonna be Magic Johnson forever. But the the thing that gets me is you we should have we should have saw a season two coming because the first few frames of episode one they show Magic announcing that he had HIV. Yeah. So yeah. So we should, but we got so caught up in them just getting to that championship in the eighties. That we forgot all about the first episode, yeah, like was, him getting in the car and that and his agent crying. Yeah. I was like, ah, but we forgot all about that that whole scene. I'm like, they did set us up. They did. And I wish they would have. I'm thinking of, uh, but you know, I guess they're playing the long game because they know it's, eventually that's where it's going to end up. But uh, yeah, they should they should have brought that back a little bit. I didn't. Yeah, to think of it. we forgot all about it because this storyline was so, so engaging and so, so intricate. It's like, oh, this happening and this happening. And you forget all about the fact that in the first episode, they showed Magic announcing that he had HIV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I can't wait. Like I said, I can't wait to see where it goes in season two. Yeah. So, uh, LVP, this is Alex. LVP, who least valuable, either they sucked or they didn't use them right, or you wanted to see more of them. Um, I'm gonna, uh, gosh, I, I don't know, man, because everybody plays. You, you don't have one, it's cool. You don't have, you know, no, I can, I could give you one. It's, it's not a big problem with that. I think I, I'll go with Norman, Stormy Norman, uh, uh, what's his name? Devon uh Devon Nixon. Nixon. Devon Nixon, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he's good. He kills every time he's in. Uh, I would have loved to see more of him. What I'm just saying the way it is in Boston. Look, that that fucking place is worse than anywhere. Bill Russell won the motherfuckers. Eleven rings. Comes home to his abode to find the door open. They didn't even have the decency to burn a cross on this man's lawn. Just shit in his bed. Not dog shit neither. Man shit. Uh, just just that whole building of the, the connection between him and Magic. Because at first you, you would have sworn he was trying to kill him. But isn't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Norm is gone. They trade Norm. Wow. Once it become Magic's team, then you don't need Norm. Right. That's true. So, but like I said, he was really good in the first, like the first episodes of the yeah. seasons. He was strong, but the, like in the later episodes, he kind of, but he, in the, in the final joint, yeah, he faded, but in the final joint, he did come, remember he was talking to him like, Magic doesn't win that game or doesn't do that unless Norm is encouraging him. Right. So, yeah, that's cool. That's a fair LVP. What about you, Chris? Who's your LVP? You know, uh, I think a few weeks ago, I had strong criticisms for Jason Siegel and I kind of kept that up throughout the thing. I think they made him milder as they got more confidence uh, though I, I felt like you know even even the kidney stone storyline like it just seems so over dramatized he really 
they just made him seem like a real weakling in a real shell and you know yeah. reciting the reciting the even in the final the final game reciting Shakespeare and everybody in the locker rooms kind of looking at each other you know this was supposedly his team like he supposedly won them over and in the you know in halftime of the finals they're kind of giving each other furtive glances of like why is he quoting this so <laughs> right. like i i don't think the writers did him right or maybe Siegel did it like overplayed his hand but like you know after our conversation i don't know if he has a big enough role in the series but like Sean Patrick Small as Larry Bird, <laughs> like, yeah. like, is is he a big enough player to get LVP? Yeah. Because they yeah, really yeah. made him seem like such a psychotic. You'll wipe that smile off next year. Shut the fuck up. He's there. I ain't. Idiot, you know. Mm. Um, that I, I'm, I'm leaning Sean Patrick Small at this point. Larry Bird, like. Like he's got to have some redeeming value at all, or like some sort of. I, I you know, if, if you listen to the, if you listen to the stories, the real life stories that people have of Larry Bird, he was a he was a cutthroat killer who did it with kind of a wry smile as he did it to you, and 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 Sean Patrick Small is playing him as just the psychotic killer without the smile, without the kind of I'm gonna stick it in your craw. You know, mm. like when he goes up to a player, you know, it says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to stick in your face. He was kind of laughing to himself in real life. And I don't think that Sean Patrick Small relayed that at all. Mm. Yeah, that's that is that's my pick for LVP. Also, I feel like Bird, like if you have a hero, you could be like if he's going to be the villain, you got to give him some heart. You know, we got to. Yeah, like he just feels like a caricature that just pops up in Magic Head. Yeah, almost, almost, almost even more so than Red. You yeah. know, like Red Auerbach's not in it enough as Michael Chiklis, but man, he just played him as such a like, you know, humorless mope. You know that uh, <laughs> it, it's awful. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Yeah, so that's yeah, we agree on Celt- that. Celtics defender says they get Larry Bird wrong in winning time. That's oh, wow. But they did. They, I think they they really did. All right, yeah. uh, six man coming off the bench. Did the most with the least, didn't have a lot of playing time, but, you know, came through. Alex, who's your six-man? Six-man got to be. Um, it's a lot of six-mans out here, bro. Yeah, they, they, they got a lot of people that brought some heat. I would say my six-man got to be Rob, Rob Morgan. Uh, yes, sir. Saturdays and Sundays. Weekdays, I'm on the Chrysler line. Chrysler? <laughs> Small world, you'll get a chuckle out of this. Bus here is selling me the Chrysler building. (laughs) (laughs) I worked a mill line in Wyoming. Never ate so good or slept so well. Tell you that. (laughs) I know that's right. Yeah, that hard work. It'll put you to sleep, huh? It built for everybody. The dad, yeah. The dad. Uh, Irvin Johnson Sr. Every time he was on, man, he was on. Like he always had those strong words of wisdom. He always was that balancing point with the mom and Irving. So I like him as my sixth man. He was real consistent in this. That's true. Like he was some of the best scenes were the ones the scenes with him in it. When they uh were first having lunch with Jerry Buss and the other guy and uh Jack Can't Cook. Like right. and the scenes with Magic in the in the hotel room. Like just strong performances all around, and I love the cutback 
at the end when when they win the championship and they cut back to him and his dad playing on the court like yeah kid. yeah so and using that sound from him instructing him what to do and how to do it was dope yeah. i yes. love that so yeah he's a great great actor great performance so yeah He's a strong six man. What do you got, uh, Chris? Who's your six man? I, th- I, th- I think he might be consensus because I think he plays such a bit role that that's per- because I would, I, if it's not him, I would lean towards Jason Clark as Jerry West, but I think he has too big a role throughout the series to really be mm. considered a six man. So let's go consensus on uh, Rob Morgan. Cool. Yeah. yeah, all all together. Like, I love Rob Morgan. Like, he just great scenes. Uh, and he, whenever he pops up, like you just know it's going to be be a good scene. And love the scene with him and Kareem sitting at the table. Yeah, like oh yeah, like that. Like just take care of him. Why is your son so happy? Um, <laughs> yeah, but okay. Now those are all our categories. But I want this is one we came up with. Who's your favorite? Who is your favorite character in the series, Chris? You got a favorite? Like might not be the MVP of the six man. This is a place where you just enjoyed watching this person work. If, 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 I mean, John C. Riley is my favorite because Buss is, I mean, think about the audacity of Jerry Buss. Do you know a lot of people in your life who have a PhD? Not a, they're not a medical doctor, but they're a PhD and they call themselves doctor who is not a <laughs> professor, right? Yeah, right. People who call themselves doctors as PhDs are professors, right? Yeah. And so, so, I, I mean, He's my favorite, but I have to say the 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 humor, the humor, the comic relief through the series is Jerry West, right? Yeah. So so I think I think whenever Jerry West comes on screen, I'm gonna laugh. And so if if it's not Bust because he's like the entire focus of the series, other than magic, then it's then it's Jason Clark as Jerry West. Just you know, J- the real Jerry West is sitting at home stewing because he looks like <laughs> such a maniac, and I love it. As Alex says, I love the lie. So right. give me more Jerry West lie. Give me the lie, man. I yeah. love the lie. All right, Alex, who's your, your favorite character out of this? The whole favorite series? character? Um, I got to go with Magic, man. Like, I love Magic, how he rolled. I hate how, I mean, even even how he played Cookie. And Cookie, uh, in that whole sense, and <laughs> all that stuff he did, it, it's still that that mindset that he had. It was like, I love how Quincy uh, Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah is, he embodied Magic Johnson. Yeah. That's true. That He did such a great job. For me, my favorite, and this was the first part of the series I have, my first part favorite was Devon Nixon because I thought his, his portrayal as Norm Nixon was, was money. And when the way he was just the way they were hazing Magic when he first got there, I thought it was really cool. And he was kind of he was kind of the de facto leader at the beginning. Then toward the end, he fades a bit. But I thought he was literally my, one of my favorite characters. That was one of my one of my favorite scenes was him in that uh, in that beauty salon with the women. Oh yeah, and the women talking <laughs> talking about how how much this rookie coming in and going to do all this. <laughs> and he up there getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> It was dope. I love that scene. Okay, now speaking of that, favorite scenes, favorite scenes from the series. Uh, Chris, you got a favorite scene from any episode? Um, I, I think I think my favorite scene, now that we've concluded the series, is Cap 
and Magic in the car before the before the finals. Uh, before mm. before the finals, we, they go out to Philadelphia, um, where he kind of passes the torch and yeah. and tells them that he's got to go do it. Yeah, that that was strong. That was strong. Uh, what about you, Alex? You got a favorite scene? Favorite scene got to be. Um, that, it wasn't in episode nine. It was before episode nine. Bus at his mom's bedside. Oh yeah, and he has to do the look away, wipe the tears away. Yeah, strong scene, bro. Until yeah. the scene where she dies in his arms. That was a lot. Too. Yeah. yeah, but those two scenes, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on the celebrative. The celebrating part of, you know, they winning this game, or you know, Irvin Johnson is dunking on somebody. All that's good, but when it comes down to the acting chops, man, those two scenes are my favorite. That's cool. That 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 I swear, when Bus when he the the mom passing scene, that was just that that hit you in the heart right there. Yeah, like I didn't expect I didn't expect that from this show, but. Um, my favorite scene is is going to be the Kareem uh, talking to his dad scene. Yeah, like, and yeah. just the perspective of Magic on the couch and Magic not listening, and then he like just the the dialogue back and forth. I just I can see that in real life, and I feel like that that was strong. That was really strong with the two actors for sure. So where do you guys? <laughs> Bless you. Sorry about that. Let's go. Where do you guys think this series is going to go now? Where do you want to see it in season two? Thoughts on season two, uh, Chris? I, what do you think? I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys the same thing because I was gonna say, does the series now get knowing what we know about what happened, where the where the Lakers don't make it out of the first round in 1981, is it a more compelling season or less compelling? Um. I I think maybe more compelling because now you've got they're successful they're under pressure to repeat uh, they foreshadowed some tension between Kareem and Magic because Magic gets the Finals MVP uh, you've got the ongoing McKinney and Westhead story and then I'm sure we'll see a lot more between Cookie and Magic and the development of their relationship. So I, I think I think season two, and, and then you got to think that psychotic Larry Bird is going to play a lot more of a, a factor in season two because the Celtics get you know win the championship in season two. Yeah. So I I, I think this I think the second season might be way more compelling than the first because there's going to be a lot more drama. Yeah, and then Pat Riley has to become Pat Riley. Like right, and to... I think that's the thing that I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm looking forward to him getting the the baby face, slick back hair, yeah. mafia boss look. <laughs> uh, in in the next next uh season. Well, I think they. I would think just my thoughts. I would think they would probably combine the next. Combine the eighty one and eighty two, like combine them. Yeah. So, you, so you'll have you'll have them fall off, and then you have them come back and win it the next year. Yeah. So yeah. May, maybe that's what they do. Or here's like I'm thinking outside the box. Or let's let's jump ahead to Kobe and Kobe and Shaq. Let's go do them, and then come back to Magic later. Wow. That'd be crazy. 
That would be crazy. Well, you got so much, like, the Lakers have so many stories, but I really think, I think they might combine the next two. Because you got, you got Adrian Brody, he signed on, really good actor. He's going to have, he needs something for him to do. You got yeah. all these actors here. I feel like, you know, and Bird, this dude's got to be better. I don't know. They need to get him, him an acting coach or something. Because if you're going to put <laughs> Bird, Bird, like, he's just, like, he's got to be as captivating as Quincy Isaiah is as Magic. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to meet him there. If you can't meet him there, if you can just play the one note, then it's not going to work. Like, I would really start the next season with, with Boston and Winning. see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Westhead make it he, – he gets fired in the third season of the of the, gets, the Lakers' run. Yes, he gets fired after they lose to Boston. Like, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what, Matt, that's what Magic, Magic, Magic the coach killer. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, he's literally the. I think he might have been the first, you know, star player to be like, hey, yeah, yeah. I, I need, I need a new coach. Like before LeBron, so that, before yeah, all those guys. Yeah. That might lend credence to what you're saying of kind of pick it up after Boston, after they have to watch Boston win it, and then kind of take it from there. Yeah, because you could do that, and then you can. Uh, that way, you still you get them winning a championship at the end. Now, yeah. I don't know how they do it differently because you don't want to win in, in every season with a championship run. But right. But yeah, so like I said, I can't can't wait to see what what comes next. Is so there a any, timetable, Lamont? Did, did they say when uh, they're aiming for the next season? I don't know because with COVID and stuff, everything's been kind of crazy. Yeah. So I'm not right. sure, but but I'm sure with the like it's critically like people love it and people are watching it. So HBO, they got a hit on their hands. They're gonna want it to come back soon. Yeah, remember those interminable waits between uh, Soprano seasons? Like sometimes going oh, a year and a half between seasons and stuff. I that know that's awful. crazy. Or like Atlanta. Atlanta's been like two and a half years. Yes, it was two and a half years before it came back. I'm like it's insane. Uh, then you not have to rewatch it and do all this stuff. stuff right, stuff. <laughs> do a refresh, of course. So it's crazy, but so any more thoughts on Winning Time, guys? Any more final thoughts on it? No, great series. People need to watch it. I just, yeah, I, I, I was really surprised after the first episode. I was kind of like ah, on the fence, but I always try and give things two or three episodes, and then I really look forward to it coming out, having that Sunday night, you know. And, and this is the argument for release, you know, releasing it once a week versus dumping a whole season at you know at once, like the Netflix model. And um, I, I really appreciate you guys including me in it because it's been a lot of fun and just being able to talk about it kind of helps solidify your enjoyment of it a little nah, bit. So nah, I man. so I've really I've really enjoyed it. Nah, I would say we appreciate you. Like we love love your insight. Like I said, it's an amazing series. I can't wait for next season to come back. And hey, you don't have to wait for next season to come back. We want you back on anytime you want to, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. He's, we gotta, we gotta do some more Boston related. Right, so oh, Mister oh. Mister Boston, everything, baby. No, we got, we uh, we forgot to, we got to do the, we're doing the uh, the, the town, the town. We got to do the yeah. town. Yeah, we so got to do the right. town. That's the next thing. We bring you back for the town. Sounds great. All right, talk I to really you guys appreciate later. it, guys. All right, Chris. All right. <laughs>